Hello, and welcome to Hard Fried History, a hybrid history and comedy podcast run by two aspiring entertainers. Podcast is more of a rant, really. That have failed at almost everything else. I don't fail because I don't try, so there. We appreciate you checking us out, and if you want to see extra content, follow us on Instagram or give us a like on Facebook at Hard Fried History. Subscribe to us on YouTube or tell us we're full of shit on Twitter at, at HFH Podcast. If you like going that extra mile, give us a five-star rating on iTunes or wherever you're listening and leave us a a flattering a glowing review and of course tell your friends family and even people you don't like about us that's right again thank you for listening and without further ado the episode up welcome back thank you for coming back. you didn't have to do that we <laughs> we have the we have the thing now it's so coming. they like you don't have to, i know like, i know i don't have to but okay. i i feel like i have to do something because that's like a pre-recorded thing and now i have to welcome to the the non-pre the off the cuff you know so i gotta be a little goofy right don't i don't, i uh, think so no i mean we it's why we look now they didn't know it was pre-recorded they thought we were doing that every time that would be stupid come on they're not they're not thinking that would be ridiculous anyway we're here with part two of germany in the 20s we're doing 1929 not exactly the 20s 1929 to 1933 Mm -hmm. just examining the rise of the nazi party in germany and just how it happened i want to go over the sources again real quick just to remind everybody we have before the deluge by otto friedrich 1972 death of democracy by benjamin carter het 2018 and then hitler's true believers by robert gelately 2020 and we are going to dive into part two act one which i will call fissures I, I liked what you called it before the, the, uh, the germany in the 20s the weimar republic or the death of the republic. weimar republic i feel weimar, like is the yeah. be, it was the best way to to you did when you, you know when you did that i was like oh oh, oh he oh he got he's it's, it's right you're doing it right yeah, man. Yeah, man. I'm, okay. I'm just hoping people are, like, searching for the Weimar, but not like, I wanted to package it in the right way to where it was like, we're not weirdos, you know? Just <laughs> like, categorized <laughs> under Hitler. Just everything. Yeah, no, I yeah. didn't want it. Like, yeah. oh, oh, rise of any of the show. Be like, I don't, here, yeah, here yeah. we are, you know? Yeah, anyway. Weird, weird crap. Yeah. We're really a r- bunch of weirdos. So, act one. Fissures. 1929. You've got the Young Plan, which is another reconstructuring of the reparations payment by Germany. There was another one, I think, in like 1923 or 24. We didn't mention it. I wanted to focus on this one. And there are a bunch of right-wing campaigns to get the Reichstag to pass a decree saying that any payment toward reparations would be punishable as an act of treason. 
So that just goes to show you where the thinking is as far as the right and, and reparations that is causing a big stink in the country internally to the point to where the right is saying, we're, if, any, if any government official tries to even pay these, even though we're yeah. obliged to under Versailles, we're not doing it. And moreover, that person is being persecuted under the like, fullest letter, letter of the law. I don't, I don't think it's successful, but the yeah. sentiment is there. Yeah, because it's, it's, it's a lot of these guys are old World War One trench guys who are like, yep. we never actually lost that war. It was it was Hugenberg. We didn't we yeah. didn't lose, man. We were betrayed, you know, that Hindenburg and that Ludendorff thing where they're just buying uh-huh. into all the bullshit. You lost, dog. You, you lost. lost. You, you lost. Lo- you, were you just trying to compartmentalize all this guilt? Like, no, oh, bro. I didn't lose. It was no. It, it was, was it was, was an you. internal faction of, no, of traitors no. to the country. Like, okay. Yeah, no, dog. If you see. <laughs> Name them. Name them. <laughs> by, <Yeah>. by. <laughs> Give me a list, right? It's like, on Sur- right it's like on Survivor. When somebody who's actually really cat- crappy at mm-hmm. the game gets voted off, and they're in there after you know their post-vote confessional, and they're saying, oh, they were just scared of me. I didn't get voted off because I was obnoxious and unlikable and maybe kind of toxic and maybe did some weird shit. And I'm dealing with the consequences of my actions. Yeah. I got voted off because I'm so great. I mean, look, whether it's and TV, if you don't watch Survivor, I'm on a big Survivor kick right now. Yeah, let me make that clear. So that might not make a whole lot of sense if you don't watch make, Survivor, but if you do, <laughs> hit me up, man. We'll talk about it. All right, yeah, we don't 34 we'll seasons on Hulu. That's all I'm saying, man. Please, if you want to talk about Survivor, do that because he keeps trying to talk to me about Survivor, and I keep. <laughs> Him, only race. everyone i know i'm trying to talk to about survivor no get on this train man it's uh it's am- it has zoomed past the station <laughs> i am i am an amazing race boy come on now okay all right yeah it doesn't yeah. have to be either or man we can we can no, all no, 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 no. coexist be- coexist we man we can't we, can. we cannot <laughs> anyway October 1929, obviously, you have the crash of the stock market and the onset of the Great Depression. And I don't really want to diminish the fact or its impact on Germany. I'm still not entirely sure. I just knew that things were already super shitty in Germany throughout the 20s. And then the Great Depression, it does worsen it. But mm-hmm. Benjamin Hett is say, was saying that like 1928 was a much more significant year with like the bull market and the dry up of available capital for short-term loans and all this stuff mm-hmm. in contributing to the worsening economy. But the Great Depression, it can't help, right? I mean, when you've all when you've already stepped in a pile of shit, like in somebody but somebody throws another shovel full of shit at you, you're not yeah. as concerned. You're not as you're you're, I'm, you're I'm already here, man. Like just yeah, bring it on here. at this yeah, point. Yeah. Like I don't wanna be knees deep wading through shit, but yeah. If I step through one pile and then I step through another pile, maybe slightly yeah. bigger pile. Yeah. I've already stepped in shit. So I've already the shock is going off. I'm here, you know. I'm here, I'm I'm in shit. I know it's shitty. Yeah, no, it's, March 1930, the Reichstag approves the Young Plan, and Mueller is still in cabinet. I think it's Herman Mueller that we talked about the last episode. And his cabinet collapses because it couldn't agree whether or not to cut unemployment insurance or increase or increase unemployment insurance because 
mm-hmm. the amount of unemployment in Germany. It's obviously still growing, and they have to figure out how to how to appease the discontented, but they're also yeah. trying to engage in like deflationary policies because mm-hmm. they're or the mark is through the fucking roof. It's overinflated, you know? Yeah. So they're trying to rein some of that in. And that's what, what Mueller was supposed to do. But end of March 1930, Herman Bruning assumes office. And he is known as, quote-unquote, the hunger chancellor okay. because of how bad things were in Germany at the time. Yeah. And he's got a degree in economics. And one of the guys who helps launch him into power is the guy we mentioned last time, Kurt von Schleicher. Schleicher wanted Bruning in office over Mueller because I think Mueller wanted to cut military spending and they got at odds. And Schleicher was like a big behind-the-scenes player. And so he... I I can already see him. He's blonde. He's like like 45-ish... He was, actually, like he was actually bald, and he was pretty old, though. No, I don't okay. know what his... His, right. stubble, his stubble might have okay. been blonde. I'll give you no, that. I, I don't I, really no, know. I, okay. All right. I, did, I am just basing this, this all on Babylon Berlin, um, which has okay, a character man. very much like that, who, who is like... like He looks like the prototypical Nazi. And he's yeah, helping man. the Nazis kind of get over it. Like, yeah. We'll, 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 get, to, we'll get to what Schleicher actually, how he f- actually feels about him. But oh, okay, he, okay. he wanted Bruning in office because he thought Bruning was a little more amenable. And that I don't want to downplay also that Schleicher is like on the right and moving further toward yeah. the right, right? Yeah. Schleicher wants Bruning to rule primarily through the exercise of Article 48, which is, again, what we mentioned last time. Basically, if, if German security is endangered the executive branch can with the assistance of the army take like any measure necessary in order to like quote unquote maintain german security mm-hmm. and everything mm-hmm. so he wants like a, a almost an authoritarian executive right yeah. and it, even if that means like repeatedly dissolving the reichstag and calling for new elections when they won't do what you tell them to fucking do it man we've got the constitutional precedent however yeah. bruning claps back and he says okay i'm kind of down or i see where you're coming from at least but the reichstag can't be dissolved indefinitely like we need a legislative branch it's kind of integral to our constitution and if there are too many dissolutions of the reichstag what's who's to talk about public order or like what kind of a what kind of a face does that put on there's just too many gaps and cracks that that opens up and ability to maneuver for power so he's like, a, I'm, I'm blanking on the word here, but he's like, he's like an institutionalist. He's like, we need kind of need these institutions. To yeah, yeah, we need to, we need to find another yeah. way. We can't just rely yeah. on kind of executive authoritarian Destroy rule. We've got to work. Yeah. We've got to work within the system that we've already established. That way, we don't destabilize our country too much, and yeah. maybe some weird shit happens. You know? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> May 1930. There is NSDAP, or like basically the Nazi Party analysis. Mm-hmm. They go over, you know, I guess they interview some people or whatever. I don't know how they exactly collect this data, but this is this is what the research yielded. Here's I think it's it's either Het or Gelatoli. Yeah. Here's the thing about the Nazis: they did, and this maybe it's a German thing, kept keep very fine records. Mm-hmm. So any statistical analysis they did was incredible. You can you can it, bet yeah. it's pretty good. You know yeah, they did yeah. their research, right? Yeah. They found that those joining their ranks primarily did so out of economic considerations. So it follows that if the economy is getting worse, yeah, the ranks of the Nazi Party 
are going to increase as people become more desperate and look for solutions, right? Okay. And especially if the Social Democrats have already impro- uh, proved themselves inept at dealing with Germany's problems, mm-hmm. that just gives the Nazis more ammunition to say they've been in power this long and they didn't do shit. It's time we tried something different. Yeah. Particularly for farmers, the food prices are, are too low for farmers liking because, but you know, Bruning himself is known as the hunger chancellor. So they have to, they have to reduce tariffs in order to make sure that the population is eating. Mm-hmm. They, uh, the farmers are also saying German farmers are saying that there's no access to credit so that yeah. they can like buy lands and make investments that might be able to like raise their own yield and end up feeding the people mm-hmm. or interest rates are too high. There are all these foreclosures going on, which they call uh, cold expropriation. Yeah. And so this is when I don't remember his name. I think it's, it might be like Dare or something. Yeah. He comes up with the, he's like a Nazi guy. He comes up with the, the quote unquote blood and soil concept as like mm-hmm. the new marketing campaign and there is like an emphasis on racial purity and anything, but particularly make it, packaging it in a way that is appealing to the farm old, farmers. He's emphasizing the idea that peasants are the new lifeblood of the German nation. And kind of backing this up, the Nazi Party, or NSDAP, they create the what's known as the agrarian political apparatus, which is this like group of quote-unquote experts that they would send out into rural areas to like assess uh, assess the situation and diagnose problems and like troubleshoot and everything. And this kind of becomes like a network of political mobilizers that they have because they're also like spreading anti-Semitism and Nazi propaganda as well. And this is how they're able to kind of start like swelling their ranks is by leaning like you know listening to their base and leaning into it. Yeah, I mean. People underestimate the the like the the act of somebody telling you you are worth shit, like yeah. especially when you're downtrodden. Yeah. Oh man, that can like fuck up your head because you know you like you've been waiting for somebody to be like, yo, I'm worth something. And I, then, see. Like, yes. I see. I see you. you. Yes. All that type of stuff. And then like it can like you you will do anything for a person who's like who like gives you self worth. Who believes in you? Yeah. 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 Yeah, that's why that's why that's why Henry's doing this podcast because I gave him self worth. Yeah, man. Now I'm on top of the world. Now you're on top of the world, and and I'm gonna ask you to commit some murders for me. All right, man. Who who is it? You got a list for me? Where can where can I see this? I don't. Not on the podcast. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Wait till off mic. All right. Don't don't worry about it. We're off mic this conversation. (laughs) July 1930, the Reichstag rejects Bruning's budget, which basically called for like more deflationary policies, like spending cuts as far as like government spending cuts and increased taxes because they're trying to kind of like centralize the monetary supply. And he gets Bruning, the chancellor, gets President Hindenburg to sign an executive order that dissolves the Reichstag. And the same day, it also passes his budget. So this is how, so he's like doing what Slyker told him to do, basically, yeah. which is fuck the Reichstag, we can dissolve them if we need to, pass your budget, however you need, you know? And so he schedules elections for, or they schedule, I'm not sure if it's exact, exactly him, they schedule elections for the fall. Yeah. Bruning is concerned about the potential for the Nazis to start to make some strides because they have been lately, especially with elections like Reichstag elections right around the corner. And Schleicher, he's not as concerned. He welcomes it. He's like, yeah, you know what? 
I'm moving further to the right, and the Nazis are the ascendant power on the right, so I will be able to kind of keep them under my thumb, yeah. and they will end up becoming one of one of my power bases and a pillar yeah. that supports me, Schleicher, yeah. and... You think you're gonna play them? No. They're about to play. They're about to play you. That's that's what's Yeah, happening. man. You, you're yeah. making a deal. You're thinking like, oh, I'll be able to handle this, and it's like, no, man. You're overestimating yourself and underestimating them. You're, you're gonna be trying to do some like Machiavellian play, uh-huh. and the whole time, like you're you're trying to do that Machiavellian play with Machiavelli themselves, with themselves, yeah, with Machiavelli themselves, yes, yeah. Like... September fifteenth, nineteen thirty is election night for the Reichstag elections. There's a party going on for the Nazi party in Berger Brockeller, which is the same beer hall that they tried to overthrow. Uh, the beer hall putsch in Munich, it's the same same venue. So, yeah, you know, okay. established history here. You know, they're feeling feeling at home. Feeling those, at owners, those owners are weirdos. <laughs> those owners, they're like, yo, we're going to let these guys, these weirdos, hack in. <laughs> I mean, we can't turn out the business. You know, there's yeah. places in a, we're in a depression right now. We're, 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 we can't right. afford to turn away anyone. No mask, no problem. All right. Yeah. We need the business. Okay. They're aware of their victory by midnight, and mm-hmm. they win 107 out of 577 seats with 18.3% of the vote. And it's not a majority, yeah. but as far as getting anything passed, they're yeah. almost integral toward a majority, and, and they would like have to participate in a coalition. So, And compared to the fact that in, I think it was 1928, or 1929, they received 2.6 of the national vote. They've yeah. now received 16% more than they did two years ago. So something's working, right? It's a, it's a, it's almost like a, it's like it's a plurality. Were they the next biggest, or were they one of the like the biggest parties? I think, I think there, the SDs still might have been a little. The Social Democrats might have been a little bigger than they were at the time. There's a journalist by the name of Bella Froome who notes that after the election results pour in, some of the Nazis celebrated their victory by vandalizing Jewish businesses. Yeah. So things are headed in a, in a bad bad direction, obviously. Yeah, they Only, are. Yeah. It's not getting better. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, the, 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 uh, we, all, we all kind of know the story here. If, you're not, if yeah, you don't know the know, story, we know where we're headed. You know where it's headed. <laughs> you, know, you need to go through the history book. You need to <laughs> You need to get your GED if you don't yeah. know where we, you need. Yeah. What, what do you call like the um, elementary school equivalent of a GED? Is there no. even one? Because this is when I learned about the shit. I was like, oh, yeah, okay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, some people skip that day. So. Fifth grade, right? Yeah. This is when yeah. I was first like, oh, there were these people, these yeah. horrible people called Nazis, yeah. and they did. Yeah. <laughs> of course, it was laden with like, and that's why America's the best. And I was like, yeah, oh. no, I mean, that's I mean, that's the whole thing. Is he is he? Yeah. Pesh to go public school, man. I'm yeah. I'm a hark back, repping the Pesh. All right, Wisconsin. Yeah, you. Wisconsin in the 2000s. Let me. Just, wild. Yeah, no, that's before like uh, that's wild before, time. Okay. Before yeah, not a good time. It's a lot of, like like the, that 70s show. It's like, yeah, like, just that's, that whole that's vibe. Fair. That's, that's true. Basically, yeah. that's not for me, man. It was just it yeah. was just 
getting kickballs thrown at me. That's all it was. Anyway, Dude, let's you move on. Deserve I don't want to talk about this. You see this face? June <laughs> 1931. Fast forwarding a little bit, there's something called the Hoover Moratorium signed by the American president Hoover. He's saying that there's a temporary pause on German reparation payments because the British and the US, they see Chancellor Bruning as a good partner infinitely more preferable to the Nazis themselves and they kind of want to like hey if we if we have to pause reparations for now that's cool we just don't want any crazy people to get into power yeah and Bruning has promised in in uh, a gesture of reciprocity not to spend any money on defense as like a sign of good faith uh-huh. which naturally brings him in opposition to the general Schleicher mm-hmm. and Hitler is pressure I'm sorry Hindenburg, rather, the the chancellor, he is pressured by big agriculture to break with Bruning because Bruning was in favor of, like, aristocratic land appropriation, and Hindenburg was an aristocrat with large land holdings, and so Mm -hmm. his class is kind of pressuring him to be like, you really going to let him take all of this, all of our land for no money and give it to a bunch of poor people? Like, that's not gonna sure. jive with us you need to you need to send a message to Bruning and so now Bruning is is in opposition with Hindenburg and with Schleicher who are both like major players and it's not looking good for him right I think yeah and still I think that's a that's a part of this story that we always forget that like this is Germany who is like maybe what this point 60 to 70 I think eight, seven, 80 years at this point away from like just being like this weird broken up feudal state that now became like a real like a that became Germany yeah, <laughs> like yeah. This collection of feudal states. So yeah, that's an interesting thing. Man, Europe. I I know very little about about European history, but just the idea that Germany is a conceptualization of the nineteenth century is yeah. like, I mean, maybe not entirely, but also just like what was it before? And the borders of Europe are constantly changing. Yeah. I mean, like, there was like a, a time when like Latvia, I think, was one of the largest kingdoms. In Europe, in like in the feudal era, or something like, I was like, or lifted away, or one of them, and I was like, I think really, France is, uh, <laughs> nothing now. I think it's some like I forgot what year it is, but like something about like most people, uh, Fran- French wasn't the nat like most people didn't speak French in France until like the the nineteenth century. Like they spoke like a, a collection of like native mm. like different tongues. Like it was something. There's, there's an interesting fact, like something about that. And they were all like, hey, this is bullshit. What we all need to... None of us can understand each other. What we need to do is all speak one of the hardest languages imaginable. And that will really help expedite things. I think... No, I think it's... uh, In my mind, it's very hard. I don't know if anybody else feels this way. But I certainly... I look at a French word, I'm like, I... I'm checking out. I can't... I don't know. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, I was just like, I think they forced it on people. I don't know. That's a that's a about French. That is that, that is interesting though. <laughs> yeah, like it's 1789 or something like it was like. Huh? When when people. French was like oh like the Bastille and everything and they were like, yeah hey, yeah I don't okay. know another yeah. history I don't I, yeah. I know that, that. I know the whole thing about the the you know I saw I saw late was it late mid late. Oh <laughs> yeah, man. To add fuel onto the fire with Bruning's chancellorship, there's friction between him and the executive and the German province of Prussia, 
which is again one of the largest. It's I think it's on the west, like borders Poland. I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. It's the largest German state and a stronghold for the Social Democrats. And they have insufficient army resources to defend the Polish border. And so the executive has started using the steel helmet, as it, which is like a rightist paramilitary group of like veterans, mm-hmm. and the SA, or the, the stormtroopers, which the Social Democrats are not happy about because these are the paramilitary forces of the parties they are in opposition to. And here they are just posted up on the Polish border, and it's not, you know, things are coming to a head. So there's friction there. And then yeah. on top of all this, 1932, there's the re, there, that's when the re-election of the Weimar president is set, 1932, and Hindenburg himself is up for re-election. But think about Hindenburg, he is old as fuck. He's in like his 80s at this point mm-hmm. and kind of slipping a little bit. And that's kind of why some parties on the right want him in power because he's a little more malleable like he has his class interests and he has his entrenched political beliefs which he's not really gonna he's not really gonna flip from given that he's 80 right Mm -hmm. but he's also not as sharp as he once was or may have been 1932 as part of the real in february of 32 joseph goebbels announces that hitler himself would run on behalf of the nazi party so there's a campaign, elections, March 13th, 32. Hindenburg receives 49.6% of the vote, with Hitler a second at 30.1% for president. And so this is clearly indicative that even between the year 1930, where the Nazi party received like 18.6% of the vote, two years later, in a presidential election, Hitler is receiving 30% of the vote and forcing things to go into a runoff. Yeah. And the runoffs occur, and Hindenburg gets his majority at 53, with Hitler at 36.8, or roughly like 37% of the vote. And, and he's like, like running <laughs> against Hindenburg, who's like, yeah. you know, World War One hero and veteran mm-hmm. and all this stuff, like the man himself. Mm-hmm. And so as, as a way to make their opposition more palatable, the rhetoric has changed from a critique of Hindenburg as like, nah, we, we're cool with Hindenburg, we just don't like the guys behind him. Or we don't like the current system, and so it's yeah. more like like anti system. Like the system is broken type stuff, and also yeah. Hindenburg again, like we said, is really old. Yeah, yeah, no, that's a yeah. It's just it's just strange how it's just interesting through that through the kind of appealing to like rural people. Um, these guys have ascended from like <laughs> nothing, like having like nothing, like in the twenties, basically in early twenties, to now being like. Almost the president, all of yeah, a man. sudden. Like, yep. Like, yep, they were started as a fringe party. Yeah. And then as things got worse and worse, they gained ground. Yeah, yeah. This gets us into Act 2, Exploiting the Cracks. Yeah. April 13th, 1932. There's a ban on the SA, or the Stormtroopers, due to their militancy, and it yeah. looked because it basically the the pretext that Bruning gives is that it like looks as though they were about to like stage a whole fucking coup mm-hmm. in the event that Hitler won the presidency. They're just like, oh, it's on, you know, we're doing it, right? Yeah. And Schleicher is trying to sabotage it from within, uh, like while working in Bruning's office, he's like, nah, I don't really want this essay ban to pass. I think yeah. it inevitably does, though. It do- yeah. it does. I can definitely say it does. Yeah. Schleicher 
And this gets to a further point about like Kurt von Schleicher and why he thought that he could use the Nazis as a base of his own power and maybe yeah. emerge from behind the scenes toward a more prominent public office. Yeah. They basically want the same thing. Like they don't like Bruning, you know, because they both really want like a stronger military for, and you know, Schleicher doesn't like him because he wants a stronger military and the Nazis don't like him because he just banned their paramilitary force. Mm -hmm. They both want Mm -hmm. the repeal of that SA ban. They both want a more authoritarian government and either like an end to or a way around of the provincial administration under the social Democrat Otto Braun in Prussia. They both have beefs with Prussia that they want. They want to take that government down. It's basically a state government, if you want to think yeah. of it like that. Yeah. April 24th, 1932, things are turning against Otto Braun and the Social Democrats because they lose their majority in Prussia after the Nazi Party receives 36.3% of the vote. I'm pretty sure that's for like state elections, but don't quote me on that. Yeah. I thought this was interesting. It was found. I got to give credit where credit is due because it was a very good quote, and I really, I really think it's striking. It's just found yeah. by Benjamin Carter Het in the Death of Democracy. He didn't give a, an exact date on it; he just gave the year. But Joseph Goebbels, yeah. he writes, I think in his diary or in something, that if a country couldn't secure its national space or national resources, or if a country couldn't become self-sufficient or stand on its own legs or pull itself up by its bootstraps or whatever, if that country, if it couldn't do any of those things, would inevitably fall play to an influx of foreign goods and products. Mm -hmm. He's saying as a solution, thus a thick wall around Germany, certainly we would want to build a wall, a protective wall. Okay. To make sure that all of these foreign influences don't get in. Yeah. Okay. And if and if you're if you're at home, you're like, well, man, you put a lot of significance on that, but I don't really understand it. Man, dog, comprehension, reading comprehension. I'm never gonna be able to connect these dots for you. If yeah. You, come on, if dog. You can't, the thing, if you so, can't come get on. there. You talk to somebody about some things. You got if you if you need to get some sleep. Well, I don't. I don't, I don't really. I don't really understand what the significance of this is. Yeah. I don't really understand. I'm not really getting what you're putting down. Then it's like yeah. I can't help you. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, bro. It's kind of. Yeah, you kind of. You kind of passed it. You kind of. You're. You're. You're a couple of slices of bread lo- uh, short of a loaf. Let's put it that. Way. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. And then another another uh, parallel, if you will, yeah. that I wanted to examine, and this is. This comes later, but just to Benjamin Carter Het, he also mentions in his book *Death of Democracy* that in like the late 30s, after I think after the Nazi Party has assumed power, that they start passing these these rumors that that like Jewish people are are using are like sexually exploiting children, and that's like tenets of their ideology. And then Robert Gelatelli, Gelatelli, not Gelatelli, again, Gelatelli, Robert Gelatelli and Hitler's True Believers, he mentions that that there were rumors purported by the SS in their, like, training schools saying that, that Jewish people used children in, like, ritualistic practices. 
and I, oh. like spilled their blood ritualistically as as part of their oh no when you, ceremonies when you go, if you go so, into you like know. that if you go into that stuff today like on the internet like the QAnon type stuff like, exactly wait, no, not type stuff the QAnon stuff you can do yes. the QAnon stuff you keep going through it you're gonna come out to a point where it's just somebody's gonna go the Jews it's just that's a uh-huh. like yep. if it you go far follows, enough this stems yeah. back. <laughs> It just goes <laughs> right through it, like it's so. Yeah, no, yeah, no. It's it's yeah, very. It is a component, yeah. you know. And that wasn't until like yeah. 1935, but both are giving modern QAnon talking points, mm-hmm. or both both substantiate the fact that the Nazis were using the same talking points mm-hmm. that QAnon is using now. Yeah. No. Yeah. It's, it's uh, yeah. Fun times. <laughs> yeah, know, it's a great time. Hell. It's a great time. It's a great time. <laughs> May 29th of 1932, Bruning resigns after, you know, just friction between Schleicher and Hindenburg. And then June 1st, 1932, this guy Franz von Papen is asked to assume the chancellorship. He does. Schleicher kind of maneuvered him into position and kind of told Papen, like, hey, one thing that you got to do for me, man, is you have to repeal the SA ban. And mm-hmm. he does so on June 14th. And Schleicher promised him that if he did so, the Nazis would then support his cabinet. And Papen's cabinet, it's a right-leaning cabinet with Schleicher as defense minister, Mm -hmm. as quote-unquote, the real power. And, Mm -hmm. like, there's this this quote I kind of like where Schleicher's talking to somebody else who's like, somebody somebody else is saying, oh, Papen's not a head. And Schleicher basically says, you're right, he's a hat. And so they're basically going to use him as just a guise for their yeah. own shit. Yeah, yeah. One of the oh. larger things that ha- or one of like the the frictions with Prussia yeah. come to a head. There's what's known, or the seeds of what becomes the quote unquote Papen coup against yeah. Prussia and its police force of fifty thousand. Schleicher wants that force, that police force, under control of the executive and the chancellorship and the central government, or the executive, mm-hmm. think of it like that. Yeah. And he's conspiring with this guy, Rudolf Diels, who goes far with the Nazis. Yeah. He's official in the interior ministry of Prussia. And so Schleicher's working with Diels to manufacture some dirt. And ba- the dirt basically is like Diels is a, is a witness to a meeting between Wilhelm Abeg, and Abeg is like the head of the Prussian police in the interior ministry and the communist party, maybe the KPD or just some, some, I think it's, it is, it is the communist and deals mischaracterizes what transpired between the two, like the dialogue between the two and then passes off like a mostly falsified transcript off to Schleicher who can then give it to Papen saying, Hey, here's what Prussia is conspiring to do with the communists. We should do something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, this uh, Nazis are not known for being like, you know what? The truth is what matters here. So yeah, I'm going to pass off a correct document. Yeah. No, so it's some it's some informational yeah. warfare. You know, it's yeah. some info wars out here. Right. It's like, who the fuck did they Alternative think? facts, if who do you they, will. Who do they think they are? The fucking FBI? You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, hey, hey, yeah, there you go. <laughs> oh, wow, wow, well, car horn out here, come on. It's times like this, I wish we had a MIDI so we could hit yeah. that, but that was... <laughs> Look, that was a time, that was a dream that might might come back. We might get a MIDI soon, but let's We might on. get a MIDI. We yeah. might get a MIDI. 
If you want to help us get a MIDI, stay tuned. Okay. Yeah, stay tuned that? and, and uh, just just send us money through cash. <laughs> just Venmo me. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. Venmo, please. Just say MIDI at Milo Hendricks. Yeah. However much money. I don't know why that's still my anyway. That's July seventeenth, nineteen thirty-two. As part to solidify the Papen coup against Prussia, there's what's known as. I, if you want to look it up, it's called Altona Bloody Sunday or mm-hmm. just Bloody Sunday within Germany. It's a clash, a hardcore clash, between the left and the right in the neighborhood of Hamburg, Altona, mm-hmm. and it's on, which is on the border of Prussia and Schleswig-Holstein, which is, I think is the northernmost province of Germany, mm-hmm. which I think borders Denmark. Yeah. Anyway, there's over 18 dead and like over 100 wounded, and... Yeah. I don't know like why it happened from what I read. It was just like the SA was happy that the ban got repealed and they were like, we're going to do a demonstration here at Altona. And so yeah. they field like the SA stormtroopers, they field like 7,000 guys at a train station and the KPD or the communist party, they counter mobilize. And so you're looking at like shit ton of people, probably mm-hmm. over 10,000 in a concentrated area with, major ideological differences yeah and everybody's looking to get rowdy and violent and it's just like it busts out and people end up dead and the police are mobilized to try to put this down as well but this is a pretext for papen because again under article 48 he's able to say like hey this state government is not doing the most that it could to maintain Mm-hmm. national security or law and order, if you yeah. want to think of it like that. Yeah. And so we need to dissolve that government because it's yeah. clearly incompetent. And uh, Papen becomes Reich Commissar of of Prussia. And if you want to think of an equivalency in America, it would basically be like the president become also being governor of like New York City or New York yeah. or California yeah. or something like that. Yeah, which is, yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. This is a, yeah, it's a lot. It's getting, it's getting bad. It's yeah, getting, yeah, like it's this is a little sloppy. This yeah. is what I was talking about in the first episode, just being like, yeah, man, you don't want it. It's cool when all your guys get to do the thing that you want them to do with that power. But then, what if the other guys get it? But what, what if, if they, the other guys get yeah. the power? Then you kind of then you're fucked. Then the then they start a, doing little fuck shit with it, and now and now we're <laughs> we're getting close. Let's put it that way. July 31st, 1932, there's the announcement of more Reichstag elections and violent shoots upwards because the the SA has, you know, it's not banned anymore and Mm -hmm. things are just headed in a bad direction. So you've got brawls between the left and the right in the street. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, Papen announces the formation of quote-unquote special courts for violent offenders, Mm -hmm. which strips them of most of their procedural rights and, you know... They're kind of like judge, jury, executioners, and like there's uh, death sentences for anybody who commits homicide. And same year, maybe this, I don't know about the same one, same time span, like summer 1932, the Nazis win their largest electoral victory yet with 37.3% of the vote and 230 seats, which I believe makes them the majority party in the Reichstag. And there's like a wave of violence that surges as a part of the elections and like some nazis are tried and executed by the special courts but like nazis leadership instead of being like oh well you know equal application of the law or whatever they start like speaking out against papen's administration 
Mm-hmm. They're like, oh, Papin's the guy who caused all this violence. It wasn't yeah. the boys who were executed by the mm-hmm. special courts. It was It's Papin's fault for yeah. allowing the country to fall into the grips of anarchy. You yeah. know? And this like classic you... deflecting, like, oh, you guys have nothing to do with this? Really? This is all and that Papin's guy? In, okay. Papin's in there like, yo, we were working together. Uh huh. <laughs> like, we were we were cool, we were man. Cool. <laughs> I thought like, we were cool. And then they're just like, it's like they just mean girl them. They just show they just up mean and they're just girl like, them, bro. Yeah. Just, the like, fucking we were... burn book showed up, and he yeah. was like, "Oh my god, I can't they were... believe they said that I had a fat ass." You know. I, t- I mean, that's not. I mean, that's not that big. It's not I don't know thing. if it's an insult anymore. Yeah, that's not. Know. That's <laughs> not an insult. And, and nowhere around where I stay, kid. <laughs> But no, it's like they uh they just like we had a sleepover, we were cool, we were yep. fine, and then the uh-huh. next day I see you in the hallway, I say hi, you don't even say anything to me. You don't even you start say anything. Giggling with man. your friends, uh-huh. and then and then I hear you're just telling people that my room is weird, then that there's a weird smell at my house. And that that's there's all... a weird that's a, that there's a weird smell going on, man. Yeah. and I can't help it if I'm just kind of like if I'm still in my weird kid phases and I just want to wear the same hoodie every day to class and not shower because i'm just not there yet i can't help it if i smell kind of bad that's not my fault i'm not really responsible for that all right there's a time in between i've got a benevolent mother who is not going to force me to shower (laughs) if i there's a there's a time between like i don't know like when you like are a child and then you become a teen like that preteen like the that preteen but like there's a part of it where you're just like I don't really like. I'm not really like crazy like girls and stuff at this moment. Yeah, I'm just. Still, I don't I'm realize still, that I. I can't. I. I can't not smell. You know. I, I'm, I'm cool. Still a child. I can. I can smell. Right. Yeah. There's I'm like. No I'm still a child. For I'm still a child. <laughs> I don't even. I'm just realizing my body has smells. And then on top of that, next thing I know, like then you're like, I remember telling people like, I don't have to wear lotion, and they were like, What are you doing, fam? What are you? Yep. You're ashy as hell, bro. It's like mm. you're you're getting old. I was like, Doc. I'm still a kid. And it's like, no, <laughs> dog. No, you're, you're, you're a teen. You're, mm. you're a teen. We, you we are now up. imposing adolescence upon you, mm-hmm. and you must conform or yeah. get yeah. no ladies, right? And then, or and that's going to be the consequence. Okay, and then you I, do I, you, but come on, man. I realized it in the next, 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 uh, next school year. Yeah, I had the Echo Polo with the, with the jorts, the mm. jean shorts, and the Air Force Ones, low tops, uh-huh. ankle socks. I'm okay. lotioned. Yeah. All right. Different vibe. I tried to rock the polos. I was not. Everybody's like, bro, why? We're not falling for it. Why are you wearing yeah. polos? Yeah, no, this we, no, not, you. Because <laughs> I feel like you, for you. I feel like you, if you had cemented yourself as a weird kid already. So, like, once you get there, you got to change schools, guys. Yeah, man. I, I, uh, I, I, too many times. Change. Okay. Let me see. No, nah, nah, we know you, guys. <laughs> we, we know you. We don't like you. <laughs> it was bad. Anyway. August 1932. Yeah. The Nazis want to pressure Hindenburg because now they're the majority party in the Reichstag. So they've got mm-hmm. some leverage. And as the as has been established, the precedent is for the president to now offer them a seat at the table. Maybe part of a cabinet coalition. Yeah. Maybe as chancellor. So they're trying to see what they can leverage, right? And part of how they conduct negotiations is honestly through, I guess, what you could consider blackmail. 
There's mm-hmm. another part of the Weimar Constitution, Article Scare. 40. That's yeah. the best. That's the best negotiation. That's how you do it, man. You want to get shit done? Blackmail, right? Blackmail, kid. Article 43 allowed for the impeachment of the president so long as you could provide a sufficient reason. And their reason was that, oh, well, Hindenburg and, and Papen behaved illegally during the Papen coup by dissolving the government of Otto Braun in Prussia. That was uncalled for. Well, even though they totally are benefiting from, but that was a bad, oh, you shouldn't have, yeah. you shouldn't have done that. You know, a lot of finger wagging there. Like, yeah. oh, that was, that yeah. was not, that was not, yeah. that was not okay. And it's like, and, we know, then, we love it, but actually we're going to pretend not to love it publicly and because then, it benefits like, us. They all went to the bar after and they just laugh and they're just laughing <laughs> their asses off. And they're like, oh, I can't believe. And then I was like, Oh, you can't do that. That's like I'm gonna do that once I get. I'm gonna oh. do that once I get yeah. there, and everybody. Yeah. <gasps> yeah. Yeah. <gasps> Roars yeah. at the bar. Roar, roar laughter. Yeah. And so around this time, August, Hitler is approaching Schleicher that month, and Hitler's basically saying, "Like, I want the chancellorship. I don't want to be a minister. I want to be chancellor with my guys mm-hmm. as." my ministers as as part of my cabinet and he's not really willing to negotiate on that at all because he has a majority and so schleicher and papen they're in a corner like their support is among the right specifically the the german national party Mm -hmm. but the nazis are the largest party and they've absorbed i think a lot of the german national party and hitler's again not willing to come to the table and so papen and hindenburg they start scheming together like, we can't let Hitler come to power. He's a crazy person. Mm-hmm. So they start scheming. They're like, who the fuck wears dissolve? a mustache like that, dog? Who the fuck wears a mustache like that? Who the fuck? <laughs> I mean, just grow it out or shave the whole thing. Yeah, Don't like just do this weird... halfway shit. Like, What's it's wrong crazy. with that man's lip? You know? What's wrong with it that was... man's lip? <laughs> What's going on, bro? <laughs> yeah. The fact that you would have to groom that thing and just be look at the center part of it and be like, no. Everything between my nostrils... I'm a keep, all right? And the crazy this, part, if he shaves it, he's a weirder-looking dude if he shaves it. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. He's a weirder-looking... Yeah, just, you gotta, I, I don't know. I don't yeah, know, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Their plan... <laughs> man, the man has eyes, I always ask you. He's always, like, the Hitler has eyes, like, like his young photos is like, what do you want? It's like the eyes always, like, I don't I don't have anything. Get away you, from what me. Are you, what are you doing? Yeah. Just to maintain the borders of the mustache between his his nostrils, as he has to maintain the borders of Germany, right? It's really just a complex series of subliminal messaging designed to radicalize people. Yeah, right? just his face just opened up. It's just tentacle. like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah that, makes, that, makes, that makes okay. Sense. So again, their plan is to dissolve uh, Papen, the Chancellor, and President Hindenburg's plan is to resolve the Reichstag. And announce a, like a state of emergency, and they thought that there were already kind of signs of uh, economic improvement, mm-hmm. and that as the economy improved, the Nazi the support for the Nazis would kind of diminish, and mm-hmm. so they postponed they would postpone elections for sixty days, and this all comes down to like the pivotal day, pivotal moment, September twelfth, nineteen thirty two. There's a Reichstag session presided by Hermann Göring, who mm-hmm. is a Nazi and. You've probably heard his name before of any like World the, War Two uh, stuff. The also World War One uh, uh, pilot hero, uh, fly like fly warrior, ace everything. Yeah, 
Yeah. That's why you got this name. This name. It's name yeah. or it's name or whatever. Yeah. It. I mean, it makes sense. You know, you yeah, want. Yeah. Who's gonna Who's gonna run against that guy? And then becomes like the guy who runs the Luft- Luftwaffe. And yep. Yep. Nazi shit back. <laughs> yep. <laughs> he is presiding over this session of the Reichstag. I think you know because again they have the majority, and I guess mm-hmm. I'm not sure on this that like whoever has a majority gets to appoint a guy to preside over the session. Whatever. Goring's presiding over it one way or the other. The yeah. the communists, the KPD, they propose a vote of no confidence in Papen's administration and Goring accepts and so they have a vote right but Papen and Hindenburg are already planning to invoke article 48 again mm-hmm. and dissolve the damn Reichstag and call, uh, call for elections and so Papen's just basically over here with this paper in his hand just like yeah. hey yeah hey we yeah. gotta read this you know yeah. like hey let's 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 read this first right yeah yeah and Goring just ignores him yeah yeah. Like, we're not, I'll get to you later. Yeah. I just imagine there's just a wall of human beings, specifically Nazis, who just won't let him in to, like, whatever's happening. No, he's there. Goring is, Goring, is, like, he he's just, Papen is in the periphery. Oh, <laughs> you know? and then he's just like, okay, yeah. Hey! Sorry, I've been. We gotta read this. I, I, I flew planes on World War I. I can't hear anymore. I can't so. hear. It's, I had yeah. you know how many planes have blown up right beside me? How many bombs I've lived next to? I've just yeah. my hearing in my uh, right ear is completely shot. All right, yeah, that, I can't. That World War One uh, hey. open top <laughs> airplane warfare. Mm-hmm. Have yeah. a machine gun. Have a, Your a wings dude. are still mostly cardboard and paper. Just and like, I have oh, my shit. homeboy back here just firing a fucking. <laughs> 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 Oh my god, it was fucking terrifying. And I can't you guys are fly. crazy. You guys are crazy I, people. I really don't fly high enough to like where I can parachute out of this thing. Yeah, so yeah. If it happens, that in my, in my parachute down. is like yeah. a dress or a plastic yeah. bag or something. Just on it's like a like a tote every, bag. <laughs> everything about this is says, "Hey, we haven't figured this out yet. We're we're working on it. All yeah, right? uh, this is uh, we are the guinea pigs, and yeah. we're proud of it. Damn it! Yeah. All right, this is crazy. Yeah. This is crazy. So there is a vote of five hundred and twelve to fourteen in mm-hmm. favor of declaring no confidence in Papen's chancellorship. So he's impeached, and then elections are scheduled for November sixth. Yeah. The Nazis win 33% and only 193 seats, which is down from 37. So maybe their theory that economic improvement would diminish support for the Nazis was correct. However, they still have a majority. And meanwhile, the, the communist support, they get 89 seats. Or they rise from 89 seats with the, the same election as I just referenced with the Nazis to 100 seats. And so what you're seeing is sort of a political, not only political polarization, but kind of like an extreme polarization to where both sides are gravitating toward the fringe because something is clearly not working. The center is is dissolving. December 1932. This is Kurt von Schleicher's Hail Mary, basically. He's saying, okay, we have to we have to allow the Nazis into the executive government. However, maybe there's an alternative route. He's saying his plan is to split the Nazi party by allying with this guy, Gregor Strasser, who was kind of on the, if you want to think of it as like the left wing 
mm-hmm. of the Nazi party. He was like more socialist than he was nationalist yeah. and creating like a central union axis that yeah. stems throughout the various parties in Germany from the right to the left mm-hmm. called a, a Kehrfront or a Querfront in German. Yeah. It translates into Crossfront in that like, hey, everybody's in favor of unions. Why don't yeah. we just make it about unions? And then we can kind of carve out like a union majority, right? Yeah. That's his plan. Okay. So he wants, and he also like wants to revive the policy as part of his chancellorship because he mm-hmm. he assumes the chancellorship after Papen is impeached. They, yeah. They just give it to him because they're like, let's let him try this, you know. Yeah. And he wants to revive the policy of resettling the poor rural peoples in East Prussia on excess on the excess land holdings of aristocrats, which is again against Hindenburg's class interests. Mm-hmm. And so he now him and Hindenburg are button heads and like Papen, he's still salty about his own impeachment. So he's telling Hitler privately that like, hey man, I've still got the ear of Hindenburg if you want to try to try to make something happen. Like I'm not yeah. I wanna get Slyker out of power as yeah. well. And so now they're both working to do so, but both are working with the assumption that they would assume the chancellorship in place of Schleicher. And so it's like a rivalry between the two of them, yeah. but they're both working for the same thing. Yeah. This gets it to the third and final act of this episode ep- episode episode yeah. called <laughs> episode which I will dub the earthquake. Yeah. Otto Braun, the deposed, I don't know if it was a chancellor, the the deposed chief administrator of Prussia publishes a letter to Schleicher in this magazine called Germania saying that a declaration of the state of emergency, which is another thing that he was considering, you know, dissolution and postponement of elections, all that stuff, would amount to high treason according to Section 81 of the Weimar Criminal Codes. And then there's this other thing that's going on, like, so Hindenburg kind of starts to view, like, maybe this isn't feasible. And then there's something else that Benjamin Carter Hett mentioned that, like, there's this thing that's going on with Hindenburg to where he wasn't initially in favor of Hitler assuming the chancellorship, but, like, something flips in him in late January that causes him on January 30th of 1933, Hindenburg asks Hitler to assume the chancellorship and design his own cabinet. And he's got Wilhelm Frick as interior minister. Mm-hmm. Hermann Goring was a minister without a portfolio, but he also becomes interior minister of Prussia, yeah. meaning that the five or uh, yeah. 50,000 strong police force is under the control of the Nazi party, which can't hurt. <laughs> uh, depending on who you are, I guess. It can't, I mean, can't hurt them, right? It can't I mean, hurt their I mean, cause. I thought, so I, I, I thought you were being is, sarcastic. Right? I thought you were being very sarcastic. <laughs> you were being very sarcastic. <laughs> it can hurt a lot of people it hurt. as a matter it's of fact, hurt. It's but it hurt can't hurt their corrupt cause, I guess. Yeah, I can't. Okay, all right. Yeah, that's good. That's what I just want to be. I want to make yeah, that yeah. Thank you yeah, for, yeah. for <laughs> pointing that out. So only three out of the 11 cabinet ministers at this time are Nazis, yeah. and the rest are kind of like more establishment conservatives. But yeah. their whole thinking is that if Hitler was surrounded with like enough of the quote-unquote right ministers— yeah. He could be kind of like subdued or checked or, you know, he can be like controlled. You know, we can kind of use Hitler as a puppet 
because he'll he'll be fed all of this good information by these more establishment guys and and he won't cause all that much internal disruptions within Germany. It'll be more of like a maintenance of the status quo. What could he do, really? I mean, you I know? mean and, then, and then Hitler's just over here like whispering to himself, saying "Low Boosie." Just like not no low uh sorry, he's over there. <laughs> Hitler's over here just like whispering, uh singing singing uh Webby. Uh is it Webby? Maybe Webby and Boosie. Um, you're asking the wrong person, man. I, I don't know. No I have no I know, but it's he's just over here just like I N D E P E N D E N T. Do you know what that means? I don't know. <laughs> like he's just like, I'm gonna do whatever I want. I'm gonna do I whatever care. I want. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> like, I'm, I'm here. I I've I got care. it. You already <laughs> yeah. fucked up by giving this to me. Yeah. All yeah. right. Yeah. I'm here, right? February 4th, 1933, Hindenburg, President Hindenburg, signs a decree allowing the police to break up political meetings and assembly and also to shut down the media outlets from the opposing side. And so immediately the first thing they do, it doesn't have anything to do with land appropriation or helping the farmers or lowering tariffs or anything. The first thing they do once the Nazi party gets into power, crush all opposition. Don't even allow for opposition in any mm-hmm. in any public place. Make it harder for them at the very least. Yeah. 17th, Goring orders the Prussian police to use their firearms. So who gives a fuck if you kill anybody? Mm-hmm. You can use them. We're going to pardon it against, quote-unquote, enemies of the state. 22nd, quote-unquote, patriotic associations, primarily meaning the SS and the SA and the Steel Helmet, all these paramilitary forces on the right, they're enlisted as auxiliary police officers and yeah. essentially deputized. So anything they do, they're acting under the aegis of the law. Okay. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> hey, wonderful, right? Yeah. February 27th, 1933. This is the big one. There's the burning of the Reichstag in Berlin. Just mm-hmm. burn it down by twenty four year old a 24-year-old communist from Holland, this guy, Marinus van der Lubbe. Okay. And... It is still debated yeah. by historians whether or not he acted alone. Benjamin Carter Hett, he, which again, he wrote his shit in 2018. Uh, Jellitly disagrees with him. He says, oh, he acted alone. There's a full refutation in this source. But he uses a source from 2014. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with the more updated scholarship, which is Benjamin Carter Hett in 2018. Yeah, He's saying... Het is saying that Marinus van der Lubbe, the 24-year-old communist who is suspected to be the sole actor, was approximately 80% blind. Okay. And when they interrogated him for this, he did not have any real details about how he set the fire, Mm -hmm. and his story wasn't consistent, and it never really matched up. There's this other guy, Georg Gewehr, who's a stormtrooper incendiary expert yeah he supposedly like boasted about his involvement at one point that that het cites and there are a couple guys during the nuremberg trial who also implicate gilware and it was like het was also saying that it was impossible for one person to do this alone they might have just found some dude and just i'm just saying i don't even know i just looked up the dude uh marina saw he looks like a patsy. <laughs> a patsy, yeah, totally. He looks like a patsy. Like, he looks like a patsy. He just looks everything about him says patsy. Like that, and you think about it. Yeah. Het didn't make this point, but like I want to. When you go, you think about the previous episode we did, 
which implicated the Nazis in the the Landvolk bombing of the Reichstag in 1929, Mm -hmm. that whole plot that was foiled. Yeah. Basically, they already tried, you know, and they did it under the shadow of somebody else. You know what I mean? So there's a a pattern's been established. They do it again. What? In 1939 in Poland like that. It's a a false flag. That's a false flag. Also, (laughs) I think so. Yeah, yeah, they kind of love they they kind of. They kind of loved a, a sweet little false flag. A sweet they little, <laughs> they work. That's yeah. the the weird thing. Yeah, the bad thing. I guess. Yeah. So Hitler, who now has been chancellor for only four weeks, says after the after the the burning down, he says there will be no mercy now. Every communist official will be shot where he is found. And right. the very next day. February 28th, there's the Reichstag fire decree. The government declares it needs emergency powers yeah. to defend itself from the communist threat, right? Mm-hmm. To, so they suspend the Constitution. There are severe limits on freedom of speech and, and assembly, imprisonment without trial. Uh, they're taking people into, quote-unquote, protective custody if they're on the right or the left. Like, oh, we're here to protect you from these mobs yeah. of, of paramilitary troopers, which are also members of our which are also on the right. So, you know, we're working together. Coordination, it's, right? Yeah, it's just like, a, it's like, I'm trying to protect you from that guy. It's like, don't you and that guy, like, share a locker, like, lockers right next to each other at the You guys station? drink together. Yeah, like... You guys <laughs> drink together yeah, at Burger Brockheller. What am I supposed to think, Are right? you guys both... Are you guys brothers? He's like, no. Yeah, man. You guys, you guys are you guys are brothers. You guys are twins, as a matter yeah. of fact. It's gonna... <laughs> Wait, aren't you actually that guy? <laughs> <laughs> Change my hat. Yeah, oh, protecting custody. You know? uh, Nazi hat on. Other hat, hat, also on. a Nazi hat. Also, <laughs> yeah. And it also allows for the abolition of the state governments. It's called the Constitutional Charter for the Third Reich. And then, like the last nail in the coffin, March fifth, nineteen thirty-three, the Reichstag passes. Which I guess they met somebody else, but they passed the Enabling Act, and it allows Hitler to further strip rights away from the German people. Same month, the first concentration camp is built mm-hmm. at Dachau, mm-hmm. and it all it all plays out. As it far as like, from there. yeah, and proving, I think also like the burning down of the Reichstag. And just how also this happened. Mm-hmm. There's quote unquote this this I don't know if you call it a policy, more of a strategy yeah. called coordination among the Nazi Party, and that like okay. Goebbels he he coordinated the media so he could flush the same turds across all the same channels. Yeah, and then you'd have these like paramilitary cr- uh, groups like the SS and the SA. They would be rowdy and destabilize an area, mm-hmm. and that would provide a pretext for the executive or like Hitler as now chancellor. He's saying, Oh, well this region is being destabilized again by his guys. Yeah. We need to do something. We need to suspend rights. We need to ban the opposition, all this stuff. And so he's able to like quash any sort of internal resistance by utilizing his own forces. But one is official and one is unofficial, but they're both of the same party and both taking orders from the same, the same people, you know, they're, they're the ones who greenlit the destabilization. So just to be clear to, to bring it all home as far as why we decided to do this two parter to begin with, with the rise of the Nazi party and the dissolution of the Weimar Republic, what we're talking about 
is an ideology whose base is primary, predominantly rural people who perceive themselves as being on the losing side of a culture war, whose base is disillusioned with democracy and has a desire to cut the nation off from outside influences, perhaps via a wall to prevent foreign invasion, an ideology that won people to its side through the use of anti-communist fear-mongering, highly nationalistic rhetoric, and conspiracy theories, some of which involve the, the sexual abuse slash ritualistic killing of children by a secret global cabal, reacting to such world developments as a migrant crisis, a faltering economy, amidst a political background that is increasingly polarized. The scariest thing, to me, is that technically, even though he tried otherwise, Hitler came to power legally. He won elections, and then decided to trash the Constitution. What's scary is that there were just enough people who were tired of democracy or didn't believe in the concept or have faith in the concept any longer, perhaps because they didn't give it a wholehearted try, that they were so disillusioned with their modern system because there weren't enough reforms being implemented that they decided to reject that system entirely and try something that... Try something horrific or that proved to be horrific. And if any of this sounds familiar, it's not on me, right? All right, guys, that's been our episode. Uh, on the fall of the Weimar Republic, uh, generally the Hitler, uh, Germany in the 20s and 30s, and, you know, and uh, thusly also at the end there, the rise. How it happened. Yeah, you know? the rise of that of that bullshit as we call of it. That bullshit, and, right? And the last episode, um, guys. Uh, actually, you know, th- one. Thank you for listening. Uh, That's thank right. you for you know. Please follow, share, like all that type of stuff. Actually, Henry, Henry who do we have next week? Who are we doing next, next week? Next week. Yeah. Next week, it's either gonna be we're either gonna take a look at the MK Ultra program, okay, by the CIA, or okay. we're gonna start the Russia in the nineties and just look at like the arrival of capitalism in Russia after all this shit. It depends on what I can get done in the next week. Let me say that. No, no, I, I understand. Uh, it's going to be, uh, both are going to be cool. Both. Let me tell you that. MK ultra is super interesting. Yeah. Um, Russia, Russia in the nineties. Oh, let me just get, I'm going to get into that vibe. Russia. Mm-hmm. Russia in the nineties. Russia. Uh, well, I'm, yeah. I've been listening. I'm listening to a Molchat Duma right now. I'm listening to the Russian Duma music. Right on, man. Right now. Getting ready for it. <laughs> All right, guys. Um, again, you guys can... Thank you for listening. Uh, you guys can follow us on Instagram at Hard Fried History, and on Facebook at Hard Fried History, on Twitter at HFH Podcast, mm-hmm. on YouTube. Subscribe to us at Hard Fried History. At Hard Fried History. You can find me, Joshua B. Stokes, uh, on Instagram at Josh, <laughs> me, Joshua Stokes, on Instagram at Joshua B. Stokes, on Twitter at Joshua B. Stokes, and on Facebook at Joshua Stokes. Henry, where can they find you at? You can find me, Henry Price, on Instagram, just Henry Price on Facebook. Okay, guys, uh, again, thank you for listening. Um, Like, follow, share, do all that type of stuff. Um, And we'll see you next time. Okay? Mm -hmm. All right. Peace. Peace.